2015 a year of resurrected dreams what has been given up as dead and gone god will resurrect what has been given up as lost will be regained what seems to have been destroyed will be rebuilt what seems to have been ruined will be restored 2015 is such a season god imparts dreams into our hearts these are god given do not let go of these how these dreams unfold and express themselves in our lives could be very different from what we imagined or expected what is important is seeing the dream fulfilled not the manner in which it happens be blessed as you listen to the word of the lord for 2015 all right so what we do normally in our new year's eve service is that we take time to hear the word of the lord what god is speaking to us as a church for 2015 the year up ahead so what we do is just try to listen to the lord and say god what are you saying for us as a church and when i look back i just looking at the word of the lord year after year uh, you know just amazing i remember in 2008 uh, we brought that word saying it's going to be a year of outpouring and we really didn't know what was going to happen but in that year there was a there's a more of god many of you may remember that the lakeland outpouring of course there's a lot of criticism about it but that year we as a church you know we had two seasons of 40 days of continuous seeking of god those of you around you remember that uh, at two seasons it was just a great time and a place to be for us as a church it really took us up into a new level in the spirit of uh, that particular year and 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 just so Uh, it's exciting when we look when we say god tell us what what you want us to pay attention to in 2015 and we bring the word of the lord it doesn't mean that this is the only thing god is saying it doesn't mean that this is the only word that god will speak to you no god will obviously speak god is obviously speaking to us through his written word the bible and god will definitely speak a lot more to you personally about things that god wants to talk to you about but when we bring the word of the lord it is something that god wants to highlight to us as a church as a people saying this is something i am uh, releasing in your midst for this year it's available to every one of you grab a hold of it get a hold of it go after this in this year are you all with me right so uh we receive the word of the lord i believe it's a word for all of us as a as a people that many watching Uh, even live on the internet and it's for all of us who say god i want to receive that word it's for all of us and but it's not the exclusive this is the only thing no it's one of the many things it's an important thing that god is speaking to you and me as as a as a community of believers and saying this is what i want to do in your midst so we want to receive the word of the lord with that attitude with that heart and then we begin to work on it work with god together with god go with god uh with a word that he's released for us is that okay right so i want us to take a few moments to pray uh just before we um uh get into the message the word of the lord uh can i have jeff up here please and just on the keys if you don't mind if jeff sorry jeff he's gone um so i want you to just pray and i i want you to pray and say god please speak to my heart tonight and uh pray about the things that concern you in each one of us could have different concerns different things i want you to pray and say god speak to my heart and these are things that uh that i need direction about or uh this is what's on my heart can you speak to me or this is a circumstance this is a situation that i would like you to address and can you speak to me concerning this or just prepare your heart you may not necessarily have some particular thing that you want to pray about but just prepare your heart saying god i want to receive something from you that will give me direction uh that'll give me that'll make that'll help me hear your voice for 2015 i want to receive that god just prepare your heart thank you god and even as we wait upon the lord right now let the spirit of the lord just come upon you and inspire your heart Lord we just want to sit at your feet 
We want to hear your voice. We want to hear your words. Jesus, you said the words I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So as the word goes forth, let it be spirit, let it be life. To each one. Let's stand to our feet, please. I think it's right on the dot, midnight, or maybe a minute to it. I uh, will just go ahead and take a minute to wish people this. Um, uh, greet your neighbor, wish them a happy new year, whatever you want to do. Uh, turn around and greet people. Uh, all right. Happy new year, everyone. God bless you. And uh, pray that... Uh, 2015 will just be a, a great, great year for you personally and for us as a church family together. All right, you ready to receive the word of the Lord for 2015? Okay, let's go. Here's what I believe. God speaking to us as a church family for 2015. That 2015 will be a year of resurrected dreams. It'll be a year of resurrected dreams. Sometimes in life, we go through seasons where it seems that the Lord is just not interested in intervening in us, in our lives. It seems that the Lord comes a little too late to help us. It seems that things have gone beyond any hope. But I want us to know that such seasons do come to an end and God steps in. What has been given up as dead and gone, God will resurrect. What has been given up as lost will be regained. What seems to have been destroyed will be rebuilt. What seems to have been ruined will be restored and 2015 is such a season the passage of scripture that i feel is the core text for this word is romans chapter 4 verses 17 through 21 romans chapter 4 verses 17 through 21 God is speaking about, or Paul is writing about Abraham and how he journeyed with God, uh, his journey of faith. And Paul writes by the Spirit, he says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able, also able to perform. This passage of scripture is talking to us about Abraham and what God worked in his life and the kind of faith he had in God. But I want to, I want to, want to highlight Two things that this passage brings to us about God. Now very often we use this to, to learn about the faith of Abraham and how he walked by faith with God and that's, that's great. But what does this passage tell us about God? Two things. First, it tells us that God gives life to the dead. That's the God we serve. The God who gives life to the dead. To what is dead. 
to what seems dead, buried and gone. When God shows up, what's dead comes alive. Amen? You know, think about the story of Jesus, Mary and Martha and Lazarus in John chapter 11. We are familiar with that, with that story. Jesus really loved this family. He loved Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. Now, Jesus was in another town away from Bethany. And Lazarus was very sick. And they sent word to Jesus saying, Lord, the one whom you really love is sick. They probably were thinking, you know, Jesus is going to take the next flight and fly into Bethany. He's going to come right away. He's going to drop everything and he's going to come right there and get Lazarus well. But the Bible says when Jesus heard this, he stayed on for two more days. Where he was. This is John chapter 11. He stayed on. He didn't rush onto the scene. He stayed on. Now at the other end, you can imagine what Mary, Martha and probably even Lazarus might have been thinking. Why? Isn't he coming? Not even a phone call. I mean, nothing from his side. He's not showing up at all. Two days and it's too late because Lazarus dies. You can imagine, you know, how let down Mary and Martha may have felt. And they have to go through this whole thing of take Lazarus. And, you know, do what they normally do, uh, did in those days, embalm his body, whatever. And then put him in the sepulchre, in the tomb, put that stone and seal it. And all along they're thinking, Jesus, is he really our good friend? He's raised so many other people. He's healed so many others. But when we needed him, he didn't show up. Must have been really hurting, really painful. And they went through the whole thing. They got Lazarus is now dead and buried. And then Jesus, in the meantime, two days journey he has to make. So he tells the disciples, let's go. And he already knows that Lazarus is dead. He knows it. You know, and he, he comes, makes, two, makes the two-day journey. By the time he arrives, Lazarus has been in the tomb already for four days. Four days. He's already been there. And Mary and Martha, both of them, and even the people who came to comfort them, all of them said the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, Lazarus would not have died. I mean, in other words, saying, Jesus, you're just too late. Just too late. I mean, you should have helped us when we needed help. It's too late now. If you had been here, but you know what Jesus did. You know, sometimes we go through seasons in life, and I'm repeating what I just said earlier. It seems the Lord is just not interested in intervening in our lives. Those four days must have been four long days. And Mary and Martha must have felt Jesus doesn't care. God doesn't care. We go through seasons in life when it seems the Lord's come just too late to help us. I mean, he should have been here yesterday, not today. It's too late. We go through seasons in life when things have gone, in our understanding, in our perception, they've gone beyond hope. There's no hope at all. The tomb has been sealed. The stone is in place. It's gone. It's gone. But our God is the God who gives life to what is dead. What has been given up as dead and gone, God will resurrect. What has been given up as lost, you think it's gone, will be regained. What, what seems to have been destroyed will be rebuilt. What seems to have been ruined will be restored. That's our God. Amen. I want us to receive that. I want us to believe that. I don't know which area of your life. Or maybe many areas of your life. That this might apply to. 
Maybe it's, it could be for some of us, uh, our, 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 I don't know, maybe your, your personal spiritual walk. You think like, man, this is dead and gone. Forget it. Those glory days, gone forever. Or I'm in a desert season. This seems like a long desert, you know. Or it could be something else. Maybe your finances. Maybe your family. Maybe your children. Uh, whatever. It's like God not, has not intervened. It's, it's beyond hope. It's been destroyed. It's been ruined. Listen. Our God is a God who gives life to what is dead. When God shows up, nothing is impossible. It's not impossible for God. The second thing that we, this, that, that, that passage in Romans 4 teaches us about God is that God calls things that do not exist as though they that means when he looks at our circumstances and he looks at our situation, he does not see them the way we see them. We look at it all empty. He says, I see plenty. We look at it as dead. God says, I see life. God calls things that do not exist as though they did. That's God. He, he is not impressed by the hopelessness of your situation. He, didn't say, he doesn't look at it and say, man, that's really bad. He's not impressed at it all, by it at all. We are the ones who get afraid or terrified. Or we are the ones who give up hope. And we are the ones who say, oh, nothing can be done about this. But not God. He calls things that do not exist as though they And that's the way God works. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verses, 20, uh, verses 26 to 31, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26. He says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. But God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things, meaning things that are despised. He takes the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, which are considered as nothing, to bring to nothing things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus who became for us Wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. The point is this. What God is about to do for you is not dependent on what you have, who you are, or even where you are today. It's not dependent on that. Because what does God do? He takes weak things of this world and he confounds things that are strong. He takes the foolish and he does such a work in them that even the wise of this world will stand amazed. He takes the despised, he takes the base things of this world and he puts to shame that the things considers as, the world considers as great. He takes the things that are nothing and he releases his glory through them. Amen. So what God is about to do in you, through you, for you, is not dependent on who you are, what you have, or not even where you are today. So don't confine God into your measurements, into what you think God can do. He's much bigger than all of that. God's glory is revealed through people whom the world may consider foolish, weak, unknown, despised and even nothing it is God who imparts to you to me it is God who imparts to us dreams destinies goals visions it's God who puts them in our hearts these are God given don't let go of those dreams don't give up on it amen God's more than able to give life to those dreams. 
But here's something we must understand. That how these dreams unfold and express themselves in our lives could be very different from what we imagined or expected. The dream is God-given. But it doesn't always fulfill the dream the way you want it to happen. Or I want it to So we think that this is how it's going to happen. You know, and this is how it's going to unfold. And sometimes we are right, but sometimes we could be wrong. That how that dream unfolds in our lives could be very different from the way we expected it to happen. So, relax. Don't get upset if God does it a little differently. I mean, think about Abraham. When God told Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. He must be thinking nine months. But it took slightly longer, 25 years. It was different from his expectation. God fulfilled the dream. But not only fulfilled the dream. He made. He made Abraham into the father of faith. Amen. So God's not only interested in the dream that comes through you. He's interested in you. And what becomes of you as a person in the process. In fact, he's more interested in that than just in what comes out. I mean, if he was just interested in Isaac, nine nine months was more than enough. Or if he really wanted to do a miracle, he could have done one instantaneous one. I mean, he could have done it so many ways. But it's not just about Isaac. It's about Abraham becoming the father of faith. That's important to God. And so the process... In which that dream unfolds in our lives may be very different from the way we expected it. So it's not about the process itself. Don't worry about it. Don't get, you know, so uh, upset that it's just coming, it's taking shape a little differently from the way. No, go journey with it, with God into that dream. Don't give up on that dream. The dream God intends for it to fulfill. He put it in your heart. He will take you there. But in that process of getting you into that dream, he's also interested in making you his man, his woman. Amen? So don't lock yourself. Don't worry about the, how he makes it happen. Remain open to whichever way God causes these dreams to become a reality. What's important then is seeing the dream fulfilled, not the manner in which it happens. Yes, that dream will be fulfilled. Don't give up on that dream. So I want to challenge us in 2015. Journey by faith into your future of resurrected dreams as Abraham did. What are those dreams that you have given up on? That you said, you know, Till 2010, I had the dream. But I was waiting for it for five years. Nothing happened. So I finished the funeral in 2010. It's over. Listen, God has brought us into a season of resurrected dreams. Write it down. Go back to your wildest dreams. Write it down. Everything God spoke to you, God has put in your heart, write it down. And I like this verse in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 12. It says, therefore from one man and him as good as dead. I mean, this man was as good as dead. Were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude. Innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. I mean, out of this one man who was as good as, I mean, it's, it's a gone case. It's, it's gone. Forget it. He's as good as dead. But from this man was born a nation as innumerable as the stars, as the sand. Would you be like Abraham, people maybe say, well, that, that's as good as dead. Forget it, man. Forget it. It's not going to happen. But listen, the God who gives life to the dead 
the god who calls things that do not exist as though they did is at work in you for you and through you and through you even if people say you're as good as dead god's ready to release something that will shake the world that lost town people he did it through abraham he can do it through you so write down all your dreams even the ones you've given up on and you think they're as good as dead write it down be bold enough to do it and let 2015 be a year of resurrected dreams will you do that when you go home sitting before god you sit before god take a piece of paper or what however you want to do it electronically now in a word document or whatever that's okay but write down those dreams god this was what i was carrying in my heart maybe till 5 years ago this was what i was carrying in my heart maybe till 2 years ago or maybe even till last year whatever i gave up on this write it down because for god nothing is too dead nothing is too hopeless he's brought us into a season of resurrected dreams I want to just do two more passages of scripture. In Ezekiel the 37th chapter verses 1 through 14 and many of us are familiar with this. The Holy Spirit takes Ezekiel into a vision and in that vision he he sees a valley of dry bones. This is Ezekiel the 37th chapter verses 1 to 14. And in this valley he sees all these dry bones and God says can these bones live dry bones ezekiel says god that only you know and god says ezekiel i want you to speak prophesy speak tell the bones to come together and that and that the flesh will come on it and so right before ezekiel's eyes in his vision the bones come together and flesh comes together on these bones and god says ezekiel tell the breath to come and so the wind comes in and and this he sees these dry bones now being raised up as a mighty army and god says ezekiel these dry bones are my people now what actually was happening ezekiel the prophet ezekiel was prophesying during israel's 70 year babylonian captivity so it was a time when the people of israel had a babylon the babylonians had come they'd plundered jerusalem and and they had, they had taken the people of israel captive to babylon and so here they were in exile they were in a foreign land captives and what was their mindset at that time ezekiel 37 verse 11 this is what the people were saying our bones are dry our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off or we ourselves are dead so the general mood of the entire population was there's no hope our bones are dry we are ho- hopeless we are as good as dead i mean everything is gone which means you know try to picture this each person in the exile one man must be thinking you know i was midway building my home now it's all gone Another man must be thinking, you know, I was planning to get married. Now I don't even know where that lady is, you know. It's gone. Another man must be thinking, you know, I, I was wanting to raise my children. Now I don't know what happened to them. Gone. Everything shaken. So everybody is saying, we are lost. I mean, we are hopeless. We are as, as dead people. Our dreams, our hopes, everything is gone. Another man may be saying, you know, I was planting vineyards. I was ready to make my, you know, first big harvest. It's gone. Everything is gone. Business is gone. And to a people who are in such a case, in a, such a situation, God tells Ezekiel, he says, tell them, verse 12, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. What does God say? I will open your graves 
and cause you to come out of your now it doesn't mean that all of them are under the ground that's not it what was he talking about what is this grave it's the grave of their dreams it's the grave of their hopes of their expectations all that is dead and buried god says i will open those graves i will cause them to come out i'll get you back to your lands you'll go back to all those unfulfilled dreams those homes that were half built those lands those vineyards that you had not harvested those businesses that you were not able to fulfill i will get it back to you i will open your graves and cause you your dreams your hopes i will cause you to come out of your graves that's our god amen he was speaking to an entire nation Every individual in that nation had a right to this promise. God is speaking to us as a as a community as a body of believers saying, this is a year of resurrected dreams. I will open your graves. I will cause those dreams to come out of your graves. Each one of us has a right to this. Take a hold of it. Don't give up on it. Amen. But what's it going to take for us to possess our possessions what's it going to take for us to come into our inheritance to come into that place where we can see this happen i'll close with this in the old testament we have an interesting bible person character called jacob and his life is amazing because you know he started off as jacob but god changed his name to Israel which is a prince with God somebody who's of stature in the eyes of God He's saying man you're my prince i mean how would you like for God to tell you you're my prince now in genesis the 32nd chapter is where we have the story of 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 Jacob wrestling with God Genesis 32 uh, and I'm I'm just referring to the passage in verse 22 to 31 Genesis 32 22 to 31 we have this passage but Jacob wrestled with God he in in chapter 32 he was on his way back to his homeland and he had to meet Esau his brother the from whom he stole the birthright the spiritual blessing he had to meet him And so Jacob was so afraid and in the early part of chapter 2 Jacob is praying and saying God you promised this you promised that I will have descendants you promised that I will inherit the land so he's reminding God of the spiritual blessing the promise of God and then he has this unusual experience where the bible says he wrestled with God and he prevailed excuse me he wrestled with god and prevailed i mean did jacob you know how big must his muscles have been you know or which gym was he going to to get that strong anyway he wrestled with god and prevailed and god was so touched that he said man you impress me your name is no longer going to be jacob you're israel you're a prince with god so two questions What does the Bible mean when it says he wrestled with God? Now it cannot be a physical thing even though the narrative is like that because how strong should you be to pin God down on the mat? Can't be that strong. So really he's not talking about a physical match with God, obviously not. And secondly, What was he wrestling for? What was he after? If you go to the book of Hosea, the 12th chapter, this it explains to us Hosea chapter 12. And I'll just read a few verses there. Verses 3 to 6. The prophet Hosea is speaking to the people of his of Israel. They are kind of wandering away from God and he's speaking to them. And in his message from the Lord, he's pointing to Jacob. and he's telling us what actually happened Hosea chapter 12 verse 3 he took his brother by the heel in the womb so that happened when he was born delivered during delivery time 
and in his strength he struggled with God. Verse 4. Yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. But how did he struggle? He wept and sought favor from him. How did he struggle? He wept and sought. So this struggle was not a physical match with God. I mean, how? Come on. You can't have a physical match. But what was he struggling? It was not Jacob's physical grip on the angel of God. It was a spiritual grip on God. It was a spiritual intensity with which he held on. Seeking the blessing of God. What was Jacob after? The spiritual blessing. That's why he even cheated his own brother. He was after the spiritual blessing. In Genesis 32, the angel of the Lord asked, what do you want? He says, I want you to bless me. I want the blessing of the Lord on my life. I want God to fulfill the word he has spoken to me. That my descendants will come forth and, and, and my descendants will be preserved. I want that blessing. How did he wrestle? Through his spiritual intensity as he wept and as he sought God. That's how he wrestled. Are you with me? It was not his physical grip on God. But as in his spirit, he said, I will not let you go. God was held down here, not by the grip of Jacob's hand, but by the passion of his spirit, the intensity of what was inside him. That's what kept God here. He wept and he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. He sought the favor of God is what the scripture says. So what I want to tell us is this. This year, you and I need to have this intensity if we are going to receive the blessing. The fulfillment of our dreams. The fulfillment of what God has spoken over our lives and into our lives. It's going to take that spiritual intensity. Are you with me? And I want God to say to each one of us, you're my prince. Or you're my princess. Whatever. Amen. I want God to be so moved by the spiritual hold that we put on him and say, God, I will not let you go until this happens. I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go until this dream that you've given. I wanted to see it resurrected. I want to see it fulfilled. I will not let it go. Let you go until. That's what Jacob did. And the prophet Uzziah in his message, he continues, he says, he wept and sought favor from him. He found him in Bethel and there he spoke to him. That is the Lord God of hosts. The Lord is his memorable name. Verse 6. So you. That means, people, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to be like Jacob. I have one more verse here. Sorry, I, I, I said one. And Obadiah chapter 1. It's somewhere in your Bible, I promise you. The best way to get to Obadiah is first stop at the index and ask for directions. <laughs> Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. But on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Now, it's interesting. You can apply it to us as a church because Mount Zion in the Old Testament is the church in the New Testament. And it says in Mount Zion, in the house of God, in the church, there is going to be deliverance and, and there is going to be holiness. But what I want to highlight here is that latter part of that verse. The house of Jacob will possess their possessions. Why didn't it say the house of Abraham or the house of Isaac. Why the house of Jacob? Because Jacob is the one. Who held on to God with that intensity and said. 
I will not let you go until you bless me. Because Jacob is the one who became a prince with God. I mean, each one was great. And God says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm not diminishing any of that. But why does it say the house of Jacob will possess their possessions? It's going to take a people like Jacob. It's going to take a people like Jacob who will hold on to God with that intensity and say, God, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go until you fulfill that word that you've spoken into my heart. I will not let you go. That kind of a people, the house, that kind of a people are the ones who will possess their possessions, will actually possess what is rightfully theirs. The many of us, who are deprived of what is rightfully ours. Because we are not being like Jacob. Amen. Let's rise to our feet. I would like you to pray. And say God. You brought, you're speaking to us as a church family. You are telling us it is a year of resurrected dreams. And, and it doesn't matter if things look hopeless. If things look like it is too late. But when Jesus shows up. Nothing is too late. And so God. I'm placing these dreams before you. It may be one, two, three, four. I don't know how many dreams. But I want you to just be honest. Open with God. Say, God, these are the dreams I carried in my heart. And, and this is what I believed. But I've let it go. But you're speaking and saying it's a year of resurrected dreams. So I'm placing these dreams before you today. Before I leave this place. In your mind, in your heart, just speak to God. Speak to the Lord. And Lord, you're the God who gives life to the dead. I'm asking God that these dreams will come to life. God calls things that do not exist as though they did. I want to encourage you as you write, when you go home, you write those dreams down. Speak life over those dreams. Put your hand on each one of them and, and, and speak life on it. You call it into existence. Call those dreams into existence. Don't let your reason draw, rob you of those dreams. Call those dreams into existence and have the faith to journey into that. God says, I will open up your graves and will cause you to come out of your grave, meaning your dream, your hope, your aspirations, that which you've given up, I'll cause it to come out of the graves. You speak life over those dreams. And be like Jacob. Become more intense about those things. Take the word of God, the promise of God. Go before him. God, you said this about my family. You said this about my children. You said this about my home. You said this about my finances. You said this about the ministry. Whatever it is, take the word of God. Be intense with God. That's what Jacob did. He sought the favor of God. He wept and sought the favor. And God said, you're my prince. I will bless you. So Father, this morning, even as people pray all over this place, God, lifting up their dreams. You're the God who is able to do above all that we ask or think or even imagine. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak life over those dreams. I release the resurrection power of God's Holy Spirit over those dreams. Open up the graves and let the dreams come alive, God. Father, this year, 2015, I ask in Jesus' name, Father, the dreams, hope which was lost, and dreams which were given up will be resurrected and begin to unfold in our lives. Set things in motion, oh God. Set things in motion. 
to cause these dreams to come alive. To cause these dreams to begin to take shape and begin to unfold and begin to come alive. Set things in motion, I pray. Empower us by your Holy Spirit. Give us that intensity, God, to be like Jacob. May we as a church be a house of Jacob. May we be a house of people like Jacob taking a hold of God to possess our possessions. Not to let go. To never give up.
journey God through 2015 we stand upon your word we believe your word and we live by your words thank you that your promises are yes and amen for the glory of God in our lives we thank you in Jesus name amen amen are you glad you came Amen. 2015, a year of resurrected dreams. So believe God to see every dream you had come alive. He'll do it. Amen. God bless you and a happy new year to all of you once again. Have a great day. God bless you. See you on Sunday. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.